Hello, my name is Chris. And my name is Jason. And this is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV series, The Walking Dead. Hey everybody, welcome back to The Talking Dead. This is episode number 14 for July 12th, 2010. Thanks for joining us on the show again. We've got more Walking Dead news and casting and uh, all kinds of exciting information to cover. Happy good week. time fun this week. Happy good time fun. Isn't it always though? It is. Really? But I thought I would point it out for specifically this week, it's happy good time fun. All right, well, speaking of happy, good time, fun, let's begin the program. Jump right in. So, Comic-Con is coming up soon, Mr. Miles. I'm both excited and sad about it. I'm excited that it exists. I'm sad that I don't get to go. Well, yeah, that's kind of how I feel, too. It's, it's a little far. However, we do know people that are going. Yes, we do. And we are going to try and piggyback off of these people to get some information coming back to us from Comic-Con. Excitement by proxy. <clears throat> Exactly. Yeah. Well, the excitement is real. The information is by proxy. It is. Okay. Proxy info. Um, so speaking of Comic-Con, the schedule for Friday the 23rd was announced, which happens to be the day that the Walking Dead panel occurs on. Ooh. Here's all the information for those that are interested. It is on uh, 11.30 to 12.30 a.m. on Friday, July 23rd in room 6BCF. All right, then. If you need to know. The attendees, and this is a... a Great, great list of people involved with the show. First now, these, of all, these are the, going to be the panels, not uh, all all of the attendees, because right? we don't know everybody that's going. We don't know who's <laughs> going to attend. Correct. These are the people on the panel. Okay, good. Uh, not just the people. Because that'd be quite the announcement. Uh, yes, Chris and Jason are not <laughs> going. <laughs> Bummer. Um, on the panel, Andrew Lincoln, the actor who plays Rick. Yay! Good guy to have there. Also, also John Bernthal, who plays Shane. Good. Next is Sarah Wayne Callies playing Laurie, Rick's wife. Very good. Those are the prime actors right there. Lori Holden, who plays Andrea. Mm -hmm. We have Emma Bell, who plays Amy. Andrea's sister, I believe. Yep. And those are all the actors. Next is Frank Darabont, of course, the director of the first episode and, and writer. We have Gail Ann Hurd, who's a producer. She's also produced things like Predator. No, Terminator. 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 The, uh, the Sarah Connor Chronicles. We have writer and creator of the comic, Robert Kirkman. Good to have around. Also executive producer on the show, of course. We've got Greg Nicotero, the head effects man. Mm -hmm. And we have Joel Stillerman, which is AMC's senior vice president. That's, uh, that's quite the panel. That is quite the panel. You have a good selection of people involved here. we got actors. Selection? It's everybody. Well, it's, unless you brought in more actors, that's pretty much everybody. That's, yeah. uh, that's the core <laughs> actors and uh, you know, director, producer, uh, writer, senior VP at uh, AMC. Uh, Greg Nicotero, this is uh, this is solid. This is very solid. This, I I would think they can cover just about everything involved, everything that's going into the making of this show. Yep. they should be able to answer all questions as long as they don't involve spoilers or giving away right. uh, the the show. Um, but I wish we were there. It'd be uh, yeah, flat yeah. out. It would be fantastic be great. to just be involved with this and potentially shake some of these hands. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know if you get that close to them at Comic Con. I don't think so. But, uh, you can try, but there might be security. There might be. And these people, you know, some of them are probably hanging around the event a little bit, too. So you might be able to find Robert Kirkman, you know, at an interview or a, a, a autograph session or book signing or something like that. Yeah. 
So that might be rather fun to do. But hey, it's a great panel. And like I said last week, if you are happen, if you do happen to be going to Comic-Con and attending the panel, or even if you're not, but you're there to check out some of the Walking Dead stuff, um, we'd love to hear from you if you want to. We'd love to have foreign correspondence. Absolutely. Yeah. For us, it really is foreign. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> so, so get in contact, talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com. You can be a part of this big show. Okay. Every week we do a casting update and we've got a few more things to announce this week. Lenny James, an actor, has been cast in the role of Morgan, who's Dwayne's father. You know what the weird thing is? I suppose I didn't have to clarify that he's an actor, did I? Well, if he's playing Dwayne's father, yeah. he's not a producer of the show. Not likely. You know what the weird thing is? When I uh, was thinking of uh, Morgan, this is the guy I was thinking of. Like, in my head, this is the guy that I was imagining as, uh, uh, as Morgan. Well, what do you know him from? What have you seen him in? Uh, Jericho. Jericho. Okay. Yeah, he was in Jericho oh, yeah. before it got canceled. I watched the first season of Jericho, and it was okay. I like. I really liked the premise of it. I thought the execution was kind of iffy, uh, but uh, I like this guy, uh, the role he played, and I like the way he played the role, which is good. But uh, just in my head, subconsciously, this is who my mind was envisioning as the the real life uh, Morgan. You're obviously some kind of clairvoyant, <laughs> or you know, it's all in hindsight, right? I suppose, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, he was also in it. He did a, uh, 29 episodes of Jericho. How many seasons of that show was there? Uh, there was two. So he did one and a half seasons, maybe. No, he was in all of them. But was the, there was, a, I think the first season was the writer's strike or it was oh. around there. So it was a shortened season. Short season. And that's probably also why it got canned. He did three episodes of Hung most recently, uh, which is a show I really like. I watched the first season. He was. Uh, I think he's in, well, probably the second season, which has just begun, I oh, believe. Okay. That's why I don't recognize um, him in there. Yeah, it lists him as a character named Charlie, who's done three episodes in 2010. So that must be season two. Yeah, yeah. First three seasons, uh, uh, episodes. Um, and other than that, he's been around for quite a while, doing a lot of TV work. Um, he, his IMDb page goes back to, well, 1988, but that's one episode of something a long time ago. And then the next credit isn't until 91 so that's when he really got his start but he's done a fair bit of tv and it looks like some movies too a lot of small roles but that's okay with me yeah. uh, i think we've got it we've got a lot of uh, semi-unknowns cast in this show and i think that's pretty good you don't want some big name overpowering everybody no else. no no if arnold schwarzenegger was in this it would be a bad sign <laughs> yeah that would be a little unusual because <laughs> when he joined that batman cast that was just wrong yeah that didn't work out so well um, additional casting that's new. We've got two more actors named in uh, unknown roles. One is Sonia Thompson. The other, other is uh, Eddie Ratanosek. No, Ratan... Ratanos... Oh, boy. Ratan... Ratan... Ratanosok. Ratanasok. There you go. There. Spelled it out or sounded it out in my head and out loud at the same time. There actually. you go. Um, both of them are in unknown roles. Neither, um, actor I know, although Eddie's name sounds familiar, even though I couldn't pronounce it. Um, I'm thinking they're probably in zombie roles. You Prominent know? zombies. Prominent zombies. Ones that you see up close, front and center, get shot through the head or decapitated or disemboweled or something like some, that. Some kind of acting involved in the zombie <laughs> realm. And act, yeah, zo- acting for zombies. And how do you, uh, how do you name that character? Well, zombie number 38, or do you say dead Sarah Johnson kind of thing? 
Yeah, <laughs> maybe. I don't know. It's formerly Sarah Johnson. Formerly Sarah, the late <laughs> Sarah Johnson. Yeah, the now zombie. So um, I, I would say probably zombie roles there, but we'll find out. All right, that's it for casting this week. Not a lot new there. Um, I think at this point, I would wager a guess that the cast is more or less in place. Right, except for the zombies. Well, the zombies are, you could almost consider them extras. There's so many of them, right? Well, it depends on the role, right? It might be an unspeaking role, or if you count as a speaking part. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, you're going to have prominent zombies that take center stage at some point. uh, You know, a a fantastic death or just, you know, killing somebody off uh, is a prominent role kind of thing. Uh, they don't have names or they have those, their, the weird names we just spoke of. Um, but I think that those kind of things, maybe they uh, they might elevate extras into this kind of new role, depending on how the makeup is, how they look in the roles. Like, man, that zombie looks really good. We need to get that get her right in the middle of the camera, biting that what's-his-name's-face. What's well, sure, there's bound to be zombies that actually kill, you know, living characters, and yeah. they, they're more or less front and center. Um, do you think we're going to see the same zombie more than once in this show? I hope not, really. Or is it going to be... Well, I wouldn't think so either. But maybe... I could see it maybe self-contained in one episode, right? If um, if the living are camped out somewhere, just say, for example. Yeah. I could see within a single episode the potential for the same zombie to, to show up you know, throughout the episode. I sure hope they don't make, like, they're not going to do a super zombie or, you know, a prominent zombie that is going to dog them uh, repeatedly throughout the series because that would make uh, make it less the horde and more of an individual kind of struggle. Well, a, a zombie is not an individual enemy. They're, exactly. They're dangerous in numbers. And I didn't like when they did that in the first Lord of the Rings movie. They had uh, that uh, that orc that was uh, they showed him when uh, the orc was created and then it, it dogged the uh, the fellowship of the ring all the way to the ending end and killed boromir that kind of thing i didn't like that because the orcs were just this horde of evil fighters that uh, were nameless faceless just wave upon wave of them. you individualized that it it takes away from it in my mind it does uh, yeah as i said i mean the the danger is in the numbers when they get together right yeah. or when they catch you unaware Right. And, uh, the lurkers. The lurkers, exactly. So I would be surprised if we saw the same zombie more than once. Other I mean, they than. They do it as a coincidence. Well, I you suppose. Know, you pan past a group of zombies and then you pan past another group of zombies and they happen to be the uh, same zombie in there somewhere. And I wouldn't be surprised if they had the same actors playing zombies, but I don't think it would be the same zombie character okay, in multiple, sure. uh, multiple shots. They're going to mix up the makeup, no doubt, every episode. And so even if the same extras are there, they're going to look different every or time. Or they do two days in a row, they're not going to try and match the makeup from the first day to the second day. It really doesn't matter. Yeah. Not with zombies. Okay, the AMC blog um, has been posting uh, great, great stuff, really. Interviews with some of the production people. Uh, the most recent one on their... Um, oh can't speak on their series called dispatches from the set we have uh, greg milton the production designer a couple of quotes i pulled from that and they're a little bit long so please bear with me uh, this one is regarding having a graphic novel as a template he says it's like having a storyboard of the whole production usually i get a storyboard of an effect sequence or an action sequence but it's very interesting to have something from beginning to end there are a lot of iconic images in the graphic novel that we have taken into the series 
I like that. That sounds cool to me, yeah. yeah. I think a lot of people were worried that this show was really going to just take the core characters and do something entirely new with them, which would be okay. But I think it's also very cool that they're going to loosely follow the storyline of the comic book because, frankly, it's an amazing storyline. Right. And I, I think they should follow it to a certain extent. But they can pick and choose what they use, too, right? right? Now, what he's saying is that, uh, you know, with the iconic images, doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be following uh, the comic book uh, from, you know, just even hitting the milestones. They just mm-hmm. might be taking the iconic image in the, in the graphic novel and taking that out of context and putting it into the TV show. It still has the same power, but might have a slightly different meaning in a different context. Well, generally, and they'll, exactly, they'll, they'll take the... They'll they'll change the context of it probably exactly. a little bit, make it fit the <clears throat> the, the show storyline. Yeah. Um, Greg Milton also says, uh, and this is regarding extending the sets with CGI. I have to say rather proudly that there are two or three sets that we've done downtown Atlanta and the gas station that we're going to have a lot more CG work done to them. But when we got done with them, Frank was like, "We kind of have it," <laughs> which was great for me. He's like, I don't think we need to extend this set. This is actually much more than I thought it was going to get. That's been kind of cool to actually be able to deliver enough physical scenery to fill the shot. So they're using huge areas, it sounds like. Yeah. You know, blocks and blocks of area. I did read somewhere that the the shooting they did in Atlanta was uh, three by three blocks, maybe. Yeah. So nine square blocks, which is... Pretty good size. That's huge. You, know? you can run for three blocks. I mean, you can shoot a camera down three blocks and barely see anything at the end of it, right? I can't run for three blocks. Well, no, neither could I, <laughs> but uh, hopefully our survivors can. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, I'd be dead meat in a zombie apocalypse. Yeah, that's the problem. I mean, I, there's a couple of crowbars around here someplace, but good Lord, man, having to run and the physicality of it would just, it would it would not work out well you, for me. Well, I'm with you there. You'd <laughs> What would happen with us is we'd either... We'd either be done right off the bat, you know, succumb to the zombies and become one of them. Yeah. Uh, or we would be lucky enough to survive long enough that we'd end up in really good shape. <laughs> yeah. I'd probably just end up a tree someplace. Climb as high as I could in a tree because zombies can't climb where shit. But I'd climb up a tree and then... Starve to starve death. Starve to death. Fall out. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great ending. Or realize that things are happening a lot quicker than the rest of the masses and head to the nearest mall. Yeah. Which, unfortunately, is Yorkdale. Yeah, probably not a great mall. Too many entrances. Um, And no grocery store. That's true, too. Okay, so finally, Greg Milton said, dump trucks stacked with bodies. (laughs) And that's somewhat out of context, too, but he was just talking about how Who needs context for that quote? (laughs) Well, exactly. I think he was just talking about how much gore and, you know... That's the title of the show right there. Dump trucks stacked with zombies. Yeah. That sounds awesome. With bodies. Yeah, with bodies. Don't misquote the man. Sorry, sorry. Sorry, I can't even read my own notes. (laughs) Okay, so that's Greg Milton, production designer from the AMC blog. Um, On Location Vacations, one of our favorite sources of set photos for all sorts of movies and TV shows, uh, including The Walking Dead. Um, There's a few, there's a new set of photos there. Nothing too revolutionary, if I can use a word like that. But there was a few good shots of the burnt-out bus, and this is something that's come up in interviews a little bit, and it's an example of how uh, how far they're taking some of the sets and, and, and practical effects. They've got a whole bus that's just burnt out, and there's probably 
bodies hanging off of it and stuff like that. Awesome. So there's a couple of good pictures there. If you want to check that out, go over to onlocationvacations.com. Okay, Bloody Disgusting, popular horror news website, has done a set visit. They had lots of good stuff to say. Mm-hmm. First of all, and I quote, this may well be the bloodiest show ever seen on television. That's, I'm just dumbfounded by that. I'm so excited. <laughs> well, that that is, uh, that is going to be awesome, I hope. Unless there's nothing to it other than the gore. But we know that's not going to be the case. That's not going to be the case. I can't believe that. Yeah. Um, now, this is a quote um, from Frank Darabont on pitching the show to NBC. Apparently, it was in development with NBC as many as five or six years ago. And he says, They were very excited about the idea of doing a zombie show until I handed them a zombie script where zombies were actually doing some zombie shit, <laughs> says Darabont. <laughs> It's one of those things where the network says, oh, yeah, we want to stretch the envelope until they realize that they're actually looking at a stretched envelope and they go, whoa, no, let's do CSI some more. <laughs> <laughs> so I, it was too much for... Too rich for NBC. For NBC, yeah, for cable... Uh, no, in the States, that's not cable television, right? That's right. All right, too much. Um, Greg Nicotero on Land of the Dead... He worked on Land of the Dead, the effects supervisor as well. On Land of the Dead, the most zombies we had was 60. In The Walking Dead, we did a shoot with 150. That's a lot of zombies. I find that hard to believe. The Walking Dead was a big-budget feature film. 60 people dressed up in makeup is a lot of people. It is, but for a TV show, in the pilot episode, or potentially the pilot episode, no audience for this show yet, other than us, guaranteed, is... And they've gone to 150 people. That's a lot of people. I imagine that's, well, that's a lot. That's a huge crowd for a TV show. Yes. You know, especially ones that had to be completely made up in zombie makeup. Well, you'd have, yeah, the, uh, you know, the number of makeup artists on set would have to be, it would staggering. Yeah. Because you'd have to make these people up and it takes what, you know, if it takes 45 minutes per person, right? 150 people times 45 minutes divided over, you know, how many friggin' Uh, uh, effects artists or makeup artists, they, which you have to have on set. They had to start the week before, and those people had yeah, to stand and around. Yeah, you sit there in the cracking makeup, and uh, you know, three hours later, it's ruined, and you got to fix it again. I figure that it's probably not a close-up shot. Obviously not. So right. there's lots of people in the background and the periphery that don't probably have the full makeup effect. They're more just doing the zombie walking and stuff like that right. that they learned in zombie school. Okay, your makeup's done. Now go get in the freezer. And don't move. <laughs> we'll right. come back and get you. We have a meat locker over here. We'll get you tomorrow. You'll be fine. Here's a hot chocolate and a straw. <laughs> You'll be fine. There you go. Sounds like the life, eh? <laughs> Finally, from the bloody disgusting set visit, regarding the gore, as further evidence, we are shown pictures of the horse disembowelment. Uh, as further evidence of the gore. The horse disembowelment is a scene right out of the comic book. When Rick arrives in Atlanta, he gets overwhelmed and his poor horse doesn't make it. Uh, They go on to say, the shots are, in a word, brutal. In one overhead image, a crowd of zombies devour the horse as a pool of blood forms around them. In the appetizing close-up, the zombies tear innards out of the horse and prepare for the feast, blood covering their hands and mouths. (laughs) Ah, horse meat. So if you love gore, this sounds like it's going to be the TV show for you. And you might not have found a TV show in the past that has this kind of satisfying element that you really want. This might also be the, uh, you know, start with a bang kind of thing. Yes. Like a lot of, uh, a lot of TV shows in the, uh, in the pilot, they'll really, they'll bring out a lot of stuff that doesn't make it into the entire series. Uh, most notably nudity. 
Mm-hmm. You'll see a lot of nudity in cable television shows in the first three or four episodes, but then it ta- tapers off and you don't hardly ever see it again. Uh, this might be the kind of thing that they're looking at, you know, just uh, hit him with a bang in the opening episode or opening two episodes. And then we don't have to hit the gore so much. We can stick to like, once the character's developed, we can stick to character development, stick to, uh, you know, the human plot lines and the gore can be toned down. It's nice to know they can bring it out when they, when, you know, sweeps comes around and they can, uh, <laughs> they can whack us over the head again. But uh, I don't think that, uh, oh, I, I can just say that I don't necessarily want to see that level of gore all the time. No, not constantly, for sure. It's nice that they can do that. Yes. And because there's bound to be those sorts of scenes in a zombie show or a zombie apocalypse. Yeah. And so it's nice that they can do it, but you're right. They don't need it all the time. And to a certain extent, shows need to find their identity, right? And they don't always have it right from the get-go. Right. Um, it takes time to for the characters to settle in, for how the actors portray these characters, and just for the style that they go for. Like, it's hard to plan that ahead so much and hit it right out of the gate yeah for example um speaking of nudity in the first episode way back in the day when the x-files came on the pilot of the x-files featured scully with her shirt off that's right and they never did that again after the first episode they did not but it was the pilot and i guess they were going for a little bit of you know enticement but also, they just—they—I'm pretty sure they just didn't really know what kind of character they were going to make Scully into at the time, right? right? And it didn't take long for things to settle in on that show. But the point is, they started one way and sort of ended up another way. Yeah, they gotta—they gotta have a grabber. If they don't grab you at the beginning, then uh, well, there's no point in grabbing you. <laughs> in the X Files case, it was Scully with her shirt off. In this case, it's horses being torn apart. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Very, different different audience. Very different audience, yeah. Absolutely. Or, you know, really the same audience, just a different perspective. Yeah, I suppose it's so. It's a different side of the same coin. That's Nudity right. Nudity and violence. There you go. Um, okay, that's about it for the news this week. Not a lot of new stuff, but definitely some interesting things going on. Um, I'm not sure where, at what point in the shooting or in the filming they're at right now. And... Uh, I don't know if the pilot is finished shooting and now they're editing it or working on it or they're thinking about effects and reshoots and stuff, or if they're just plowing ahead with filming, you know, until they're done these first six episodes. I don't really know. Hmm. I don't either. Hopefully we can find that out. I'm thinking it's been a month. They've been shooting for a month now, right? Yeah. They they might have had, uh, you know, three episodes, three, four episodes shot and in the can and in post-production right now. And Mm -hmm. then, you know, they're just working on the last couple. Could be. Or some shots, I, some final shots. Of... I doubt there's... Well, I doubt any episodes are in the can. I mean, they've wrapped shooting. But... Well, that's what I mean by in the can. They, the okay. film is in the can, and the can is sent off for processing. Okay, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Usually in the can means 100% complete. Oh, no, that's been uh, bastardized. All right. In the can means shooting is done. Okay, good. We've taken the film out of the projector and put it in the can. There you go. <laughs> good thing you're here to clarify those things. <laughs> I'm just assuming... Yeah. Please don't take that as literal, <laughs> uh, actual meaning. Excellent. Um, okay, we're going to get into a little bit of listener feedback now. We have some emails and some calls and some iTunes reviews to read. So let's first look at the emails we've got. This one from Kyle, who did not say where he's from, but Kyle says, I'm a big fan of the show and a huge reader of the comic. My name is Kyle, and I just have one question. What is your favorite type of zombie? The infected, the 28 days later type, or the undead zombies? The Walking Dead type or the voodoo zombies of the Goon comic book, which I'm not familiar with. Um, keep up the great show. P.S. Did you hear that the 12th issue of the paperback is coming out next month? 
Kyle, we do indeed know that the paperback is coming out on the 21st, First? Yeah, I think, of July, and that is trade paperback number... 12? 12, covering issues number... Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, 67 through 72. Something like that. If the math is correct. <clears throat> right. Um, I'm looking forward to picking it up. I am a little bit behind in, in my comic book reading of The Walking Dead. But in I'm... fact, that's exactly how far behind I am. Well, there you go. I finished so... a la- uh, trade paperback number 11, and I haven't caught up from there. You're right. I must be at that point, too, because I read number 11. Yeah. So. There you go. Um, regarding his question, do you have a favorite type of zombie? My favorite type of zombie is the Walking Dead lurker. I like the, I don't know what it is about just that uh, that unknown, you think you're safe, you walk past a dark doorway and there's the zombies just sitting there waiting to grab you and take take a chunk out of your Achilles tendon. Yeah, and you, you, you don't even see them sitting there. So not even yeah. one that really moves, one that kind of stays dormant until you get close enough to it by accident. That's right. You know, the, the crazy runners from uh, 28 Days Later, you got yourself a nice board with a nail in it. You can take care of them pretty good. Uh, the, you know, the, the hoarded masses that are kind of, you know, bashing themselves up against the wall that just do not stop, that can be really annoying and can drive you crazy after a while, but they can be dealt with. Mm-hmm. Those lurkers... You just don't know where the hell they're going to be lurking, and they can come out of anywhere. It could just be like, uh, you know, uh, a couple of pounds of torso, an arm, and a head, and that sucker's dangerous. And it can hide in a little tiny hole. It could crawl up through your toilet. Lurkers are nasty. (laughs) Now you're freaking me out, man. (laughs) I'd have to be a big toilet. Heads are uh, bigger than toilet size. They design toilets so heads don't fit down them. They designed them that way? No, they don't. (laughs) (laughs) I could see you in the toilet store <laughs> talking to the salesman, and he says, now, you know, a nice feature of this is you can't get your head stuck in it. Yeah. So, you know, you can flush your hair in here all you want. You're not going to have a problem with that. That's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah you good. can wash your hair in there. There's no problem. Yeah. Um, as for me, I, I think I'm with you. As Like I was saying earlier, I, I really just like the slow-moving zombie as an interesting character. You know, the fast runners from 28 Days Later and stuff like that, they're cool. I find them, um, in a lot of ways, more dangerous because they can catch up to you. They're faster. And, and maybe run, a, run faster than you. They're crazy and angry. Crazy and angry, exactly. They're, they're more wild. I mean, the, the, uh, the slower zombies, they'll get you and they'll eat you, but the, you know, the danger is when you let your guard down. That's right. Not just having them around, right? Yeah. And uh, like I said earlier, when they get in a big group... They get dangerous no matter what because, well, there's so many of them. Hard to get away. They're a herd. They're a herd, as they are called in The Walking Dead. That's bad, too. That is bad. So, Kyle, thanks for the email. Thanks for listening. Right in again. Um, This comes from Evil Prodigy. (laughs) I also don't know where he's from. He simply says, good job, fellows. Keep up the good work. Out of the few Walking Dead podcasts I've listened to, yours is by far the best. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Mr. Prodigy. (laughs) Mr. Evil. <laughs> Mr. Evil. Um, finally, we got an email from a Spanish musician named BXL, and he said, Hello, I am BXL, a musical Spanish admirer of Robert Kirkman's work, and have composed a topic inspired by the character of Rick Grimes. He means a song or a, or a track, I think. Since, uh, since I commenced to read the comic, I always had a sensation that poor Rick needed to rest or sleep this way i composed a lullaby i hope you like it at the end of the show today uh we're gonna play bxl's rick grimes lullaby oh wow so uh exciting he he said i could do that that 
would be cool. It's a bit long. It's nine minutes, so we're just going to play it at the end. And, uh, you know, hopefully you like it. And if you do, search for MySpace BXL. I guess that's his MySpace page. And you can go check him out and uh, let, us know, let us know what you think, too. That would be exciting. So, Jason, we have, um, we have a few five-star ratings on iTunes in the U.S. store and in the Canadian store. And we'd just like to take this time we didn't, to, to thank these people and, and sort of give them a little bit of a shout-out on the show because commenting and giving us star ratings on iTunes is an enormous help to promoting this podcast that we do here. Um, we didn't solicit these. We never mentioned iTunes before on the show. This is just people who have taken it upon themselves to go there and write something nice about us. So um, what have you got over there on your fancy iPad from the Canadian iTunes store? Okay, so I've, I've got the Canadian mm-hmm. iTunes store here, and I've got uh, a five-star review from The Hook Champ, a great discussion on the Walking Dead comic. Uh, if you are a fan of the comic of The Walking Dead, then this is the podcast for you. Five stars from the Hook Champ. Thank you. Thank you very much, Hook Champ. Oh, he wrote that on the 9th of July. That's my uh, grandmother's wedding anniversary. Well, isn't that nice? My grandmother was, has been married six years. To, to the Hook Champ? No, not to, not to the <laughs> Hook Champ. He didn't, uh, he didn't marry my grandma. Willis married my grandma. All right. You never know. <laughs> um, also, in the American iTunes store, we've got Ted K. Now, Ted, you wrote this comment all the way back in October of last year when we had barely started this show and had no recording schedule and did it whenever we felt like it. Um, but thank you so much for writing. And if I had checked this earlier, I would have read this a long time ago. Ted Gase, Ted Case says, probably the best comic book. The term doesn't do the series justice uh, in a long time. He's, of course, referring to The Walking Dead book, not our podcast. The Walking Dead is hopefully being made into a show. Again, back then we weren't sure. It is. The hosts of this podcast are well-spoken and knowledgeable about both. Audio is crisp. Enjoyed greatly. Keep it up. Well, thank you. I don't know about well-spoken, or at least not always well-spoken. No. But no. Uh, you must have heard us on a good day, Ted <laughs> K. so thank you very much. That rhymed. Yep. There you go. See, I can rhyme on command. Or by accident. Or by accident. <laughs> I can rhyme by accident whenever I don't know what's going on. Also written by Walking Ed. Great name. Oh, that is a great name. <laughs> now I wish my name was Ed. <laughs> you could go by Walking Ed all the time. Oh my God, that's so awesome. You could, anyways. Well, you could, because you're just Walking Ed. It could, it could mean anything. It's just Ed walking. Except this guy is already Walking Ed. And he says, very informative... Well-spoken. I don't know why people keep saying we're well-spoken. I've never really thought of myself as all that well-spoken. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> um, I, I, had, I had to speak in front of my whole company at work today, and uh, I did okay, so maybe I am well-spoken. That's good. I, don't I, I barely spoke to anybody at work today. Yeah, well, you're a recluse. Well, I was working in and amongst people, but I had no need to talk to them. To continue with Walking Ed's comment, he says, Feels like I'm hanging with the boys when I listen. Sometimes I even talk back, but no one seems to hear me. Thanks, guys. Keep up the good work. <laughs> I do that, too, <laughs> on podcasts. When they start talking about something and they're not quite sure and they have to look it up and I know the answer, I'm speaking up. You start yelling, Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise. The answer is Tom Cruise. The answer is never Tom Cruise. <laughs> Who's the star of Top Gun? That guy... <laughs> whose name is Tom Cruise. Yeah. Or Anthony Edwards. That might be the correct response, but I don't know if it's the answer. <laughs> That's not the answer to anything. <laughs> um, okay. Next up, we've got a couple of calls from listeners. We really appreciate people calling in. Uh, thanks so much for doing that. 
Uh, we'll play them both, and then we'll, we'll discuss or talk about what they had to say. First one here is from Mike from Arizona. Hi, guys. This is Mike from Arizona. Uh, I just found your podcast the other day. I like uh, hearing all the info about the show and stuff. I absolutely love the Walking Dead comic book. And uh, listening to you guys talk about it made me, uh, made me remember that the other day Marvel made an announcement that they've created a new television department within Marvel Studios and that they're going to start creating a lot of live-action television shows. So I don't know if you guys are into Marvel that much, but I was wondering if, uh, you know, what you thought of that and if, if there's anything that you in particular would like to see created into a, a live-action TV show. All right. Uh, thanks a lot. I love the show. Bye. Gentlemen, this is Evil Prodigy out of Northern California. Just wanted to say I'm loving your podcast. Um, keep up the good work. Listen to quite a few uh, Walking Dead podcasts, and I, I enjoy your your guys's the most. Um, like Dave chiming in now and then, I think that's a good add to the program. And I just want to tell you guys, keep up the good work, and we are listening out here, without a doubt, Northern California, Evil Prodigy. Thanks, guys. All right, thanks very much for calling in, you guys. Uh, first of all, Evil Prodigy, you emailed and called. And like I always say, right now we don't get a ton of listener feedback. So if you contact us, there's a good chance we're going to play it or read it on the show. And or in both. Your, in your case, both. <laughs> That's right. Um, Dave will be very happy to hear that you think he's, he's a good add to the show. Um, we've been unable to have him on for a couple of weeks, but that's more my fault than his fault. He has been out of town, but I've mostly been screwing around with my recording setup, so we haven't been able to get the Skype going yet. But he'll be back soon, don't you worry. Uh, we like having him on, too. The studio is under renovations currently. Right now, we're in an empty room uh, surrounded by concrete, and uh, that's about it. Yeah, if, if if we sound really echoey, that's probably why. There's nothing in here. And we're working to... off a folding table yeah, and exactly. lawn chairs. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, the lawn chairs are normal. but Yeah, that is normal. <laughs> Um, but uh, Evil Prodigy from Northern California, thank you very much. Mike from Arizona, thanks for sending that in. So Mike said, and I had heard this too, that uh, Marvel has announced a TV division. Marvel Studios became a movie studio a few years ago, and they were producing their own movies, which is cool. It's good. Now They've done some good work. I'm not um, prepared enough to tell you which of the Marvel superhero movies are Marvel Productions as opposed to, like, a Sony production. Spider-Man, I know, is Sony. Right. Um, but I don't know... So I don't know exactly what Marvel has done movie-wise. However, I do watch pretty much all those movies, so I know I have seen some of them, for sure. But Marvel starting a TV studio. That sounds pretty interesting. That'd be very exciting stuff coming out of that. My problem is, and it limits my ability to comment on it, is that I don't... Um, to be quite honest, I don't read a lot of comics other than The Walking Dead... Or I haven't in a long time. I used to read Marvel books like Spider-Man and the X-Men and stuff like that. But it's been a while since I've picked up any of those. So my knowledge of current Marvel characters beyond the big guys that have been around forever like Spider-Man and the X-Men, my knowledge of the newer stuff is not that extensive. Yeah. You know what TV show I would like to see that they're not going to do? Tell me. The X-Men. 
You'd like to see an X-Men show. Eh? I would like to see an X-Men show where they don't concentrate on the, the big five, like Professor X and Wolverine and Rogue or whoever the big five is or the, you know, the main characters. Well, let's see. There's would... lots of room for smaller characters like the show Heroes, which is exactly why they're not going to do it because it's been done and nobody liked it after a while. It's because they didn't... Oh, don't even get me started about heroes, but I think that <laughs> if they did the X-Men and they did it with uh, different characters than the ones that are in the comic book, I think it would be a great addition to the TV airwaves. You're probably right. The problem being that those side characters in the X-Men are the ones that people aren't interested in as much, or at least TV viewing audiences are. Like The comic fans probably are. They probably love the characters like um, Nightcrawler and Colossus. I mean, they're and even those guys aren't that secondary, right? They're primary characters. Yeah. Um, but you couldn't get away with doing an X Men TV show without including Wolverine. You just yeah. you just couldn't do it. There is no way that people would accept that as the X Men. I don't think, anyways. I would. I can tell you that right now. Professor X has to be there. Wolverine has to be there. Storm probably has to be there. Um. And and those are probably the three key characters, but there's maybe more too. Now, there's been a lot of TV shows <laughs> with Marvel characters in them in the past. Uh, the Hulk, um, Iron Man, didn't Iron Man? Uh, Spider Man? Uh, what uh, Spider Man had a, uh, a uh, what do you call those mini uh, series? Mini series, yes. <laughs> wow, well spoken indeed. Yeah, uh, Spider Man had a mini series back in the '80s that I absolutely loved and was excited about. You know, they had the the Hulk series there for a while. They had, uh, what else did they have? Well, I know the Hulk, of course, the 60s and 70s Hulk. Probably That's, 70s, actually, yeah, right? Yeah, good time. I don't remember a Spider-Man show. No, that was long. just a miniseries that I was thinking of. When was that, 80s? It was the 80s. Wow. That, does, that sounds fun, though. I mean, I think a Spider-Man show, look at a show like Smallville. Obviously, that's a DC character, but yeah. it's Superman, and it's a little bit of a, it's it's like taking the Superman mythos and doing a show that's slightly removed from that, right? Yes, it is. It's not Superman in his prime as an adult, you know, flying around, saving crying babies and airplanes from falling out of the sky and battling Lex Luthor. It's Superman as a teenager. Battling Lex Luthor. As a teenager. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I don't think he's even battling them. I think they're, like, they're students at the same school together in this universe. Haven't watched the show very much, so no, it please. has a huge following, though. Yeah, and people and love Smallville. I'm happy to be corrected if I'm wrong about that by anyone listening, but uh, you know, it's it's a slightly different take on Superman, or at least a look at a, a section of his life or a period in his life that's not often told right. in story form, right? So that works really well. And your idea about the X Men could be similar. Take the X Men, you know. Even if you came up with a slightly new generation of X-Men, because they're of varying ages. I mean, Wolverine doesn't really age, or at least very slowly. Yeah. But Storm does, and Professor X does. Why don't you do a post-Professor X X-Men, where you could mix in some of the older characters in maybe smaller roles. Wolverine's still there. That's the great, that's the great thing about his you know, healing factor. <laughs> or it comes factor. and goes, right? Com- comes and goes, yeah. But, you know, Rogue has always been a younger character. You could do an older, grown-up Rogue, or... Something like that, you know? I mean, there are options there. It's just going to be tough to get your average TV-watching non-comic book fan to buy into it, I think. Right, but with a new television studio, that's uh, there's going to be some interesting and exciting stuff coming out. <clears throat> and most likely, there's going to be some stinkers. Oh, yeah, probably. Nice thing, too, though, is uh, Marvel can do whatever they want. 
you know, they can take any of their characters and do a TV show on it. Oh, that'd be good. Could Iron Man have a TV show? Well, I'd watch it. Well, I'd, I'd at least give it a chance, yeah. <laughs> Especially if John Favreau was directing <laughs> all of them. Well, yeah, I guess so. Um, and Robert Downey Jr. They oh, could... he, he's Tony Stark. You can't get away from Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark. He's been, he was born to be Tony Stark for he, crying out loud. He does do a really nice job in that role. But then again, on TV, it's a different animal. You know, they it could is. tell... They could they could make a very very different Iron Man show on TV. In the in the movie, he drinks a lot, but the alcoholism isn't a focus. In a TV show, it really could be. You know. Yeah. Well, they, I mean, they did that in the comic book where it uh, you know he drinks a lot, but then there was a point in his life where he it was a really a serious disadvantage because he was a a raging alcoholic. Well, it's hard to get out of bed and put on the robotic suit if you're drunk all the time. That's right. You just get your uh, your robots to deliver beer. <laughs> That's right. Instead <laughs> of putting your, you know, exoskeleton on, give me a beer, would you? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's got the he's got the tech for it. Oh, beer delivery robots. <laughs> what more could you want? <laughs> yeah. There's a TV show for you. Just call it Beer Delivery Robots. Yeah. All right. So I think Marvel has lots of opportunity there, and hopefully they start rolling some stuff out because I would love to see it. That'd be good. I watch too much TV, but I'll always watch more. Me too. All right. That's going to wrap up this episode of The Talking Dead, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks to everyone that called in or wrote in. We love to hear from you. If you would like to do so and have your voice or email heard on this show, you can call us at 206 202 1568. And that seriously doesn't spell anything. I told you last week, <laughs> it doesn't spell. I tried and I tried. Jack. The only way I can get it to spell something is if I change the numbers, which doesn't do anybody any good. Doesn't help us at all, really. No, no. not even a little bit. 206-202-1568. You can email us, talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com, and you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash fearhurst is me, Jason Miles is Jason, and twitter.com slash renerd, R-E-N-E-R-D, is Dave, who of course isn't here today, but will be back in the near future. Um, I changed the Twitter widget on our website, just in case anyone is paying attention. It now shows tweets from all three of us wow. in one single widget. So you'll see Dave, you'll see me just all mixed in there. Holy together. aggregation. Isn't that crazy? And uh, I'm still doing the aggregated Walking Dead news too, so if you just need a quick you know, uh, skim through some headlines of Walking Dead news, even stuff we don't necessarily talk about here on the show, you can find it there on the sidebar of TalkingDeadPodcast.com. Great. So thanks again for listening, everybody. We will be back next week with more Talking Dead. Until then, good night. Good night. <laughs>